Do you realize how amazing it is that God is your loving Father? Brother Byram tells us about a man in Turkey who caught a sense of that wonder. He was raised in a strict Muslim household, but then embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said he called his mother and he started talking about the love of God and Christianity. And she got a little upset and told him, you know, are you becoming a missionary, missionary or something, you know? He said, no, and it's not about that, you know. This is, wouldn't you do the same thing, he says, you know. If you had a lost father and you found him, wouldn't you grab him and introduce to others? So that really touched my heart. Uh-huh. Uh, we, if you had a lost father and you found him after many years. And his love. Uh, wouldn't you grab him and bring him home and show him to everyone you know? Yeah. Of course you would. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Last week here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, Brother Byram told us some of what the Lord is doing in Turkey. We heard how Byram came to know Jesus while living in the U.S. and how God called him to go back to his country and share the gospel. We heard about the persecution and the restrictions that exist for Christians in Turkey, despite religious freedom being promised in the country's constitution. When we left off, Byram was telling us about a 26-year-old atheist— Byram and this young man had talked the whole evening about the Bible, but the young man mostly just wanted to debate. Byram concluded the conversation by telling the young man that a relationship with Jesus isn't a set of arguments. It's getting to know him as a person. The next morning, this young man called Byram. And he said, He's been an atheist uh, since he was like 13 years old when he first read the Quran in Turkish. He became an atheist. It's very common in Turkey now. And and he said he read more than 2,000 books, but he never believed in miracles. But when we prayed over him, something happened. And that night, Jesus came to him. He wanted to accept Christ. And he called us next day, next morning. He said Jesus came to him again. He called him by his name. He touched him. He turned around. Yeah, since then, Mehmet has been following Jesus with all his heart and everything. You know, when he was an atheist, no one really cared, you know, especially his family. But as soon as he became a Christian, everybody became his enemies. You know, his mother disowned him, his brother and his cousins, you know, they attacked him many times. They took over his inheritance and they are not giving him his shares. And I, wanna, I want yeah. you to unpack that a little bit because it seems like if if I'm a Muslim father and my son becomes an atheist, mm-hmm. I would be very angry about that. But yeah. that doesn't seem to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But if he's a Christian and if he gets baptized, mm-hmm. suddenly that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why, why do they not care if you're an atheist, but they get very mm-hmm. upset if you're a follower of Christ? First of all, this is a, a spiritual war. That's what I see. You know, the devil attacks more. If you are Muslim or atheist or this, he doesn't care much. But as soon as you become a Christian, you get all kind of attacks. That's first thing. And for a culture, you know, Muslims think that they can handle, I guess, atheists. They can answer their questions somehow. 
and the deists. Uh, but when it comes to Christianity, they don't know much. And like we grow up watching Turkish movies and all, always the like the medieval movies, you know, where the Ottoman was strong and the, there were like crusaders. We always see the Christians as like the enemies, bad guys. So this all, always that is always in their you know the subconscious. You know, Turkish people love politics and they don't love you know the West somehow. So uh, Christians are seen as like, the enemies. Uh-huh. They're seen as Western influence. Mm-hmm. All of which is is mm-hmm. negative. All yeah yeah that's pretty much the reason I think. About Mehmet, you know, he'd been asking books from us or books. You know, he likes reading. We kept sending like C.S. Lewis, John Stott. <laughs> Uh, Billy Graham's, and he was making hundreds of copies we didn't know, and he was <laughs> distributing them in his u- university, in the college, uh, and in the outside of the mosques. You know, <laughs> wow, yeah, during the month of Ramadan, sometimes uh, he was giving away Bibles, you know, and he was attacked a few times. But he takes risks. You know, I think as a believers, we have to take risks. You know, my pastor Hakan, he's a longtime believer in Turkey. He always says, you know, no risks, no faith. It may sound a little harsh, but there's a truth in it. And Martin Luther says something similar that I like. You know, he says, you know, even if you are in a desert, in a solitude, you need to rush back to the society and take risks with everything you have and everything you are and try to change the world to make it more respectable to God. And if you cannot do it, just try to do it, you know. That's what we are trying to do in Turkey, and God has been using us. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Byram. He is a Turkish believer in Christ. Byram, you said that you don't deal with a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this brother Mehmet, mm-hmm. who's handing out Bibles in mm-hmm. front of a mosque, he <laughs> must not be yes. afraid. Mm. What is it about, or how do you overcome that fear, or how does he— or because I think a lot of American Christians would be very intimidated mm. to go to a mosque and start handing out New Testaments. How do you overcome that fear? It's it's just uh, taking the first step. When you step up, God steps in, and then you start walking together. He makes everything at least feel easy on you. Even if I, you know, when I come here, I had some fear, you know, I'm going to go speak there. You know, this happens all the time, you know, when you are sharing in the church and other places. But as soon as you start it, just it flows, you know. And same thing, you know, when you we go do a lot of, you know, street evangelism, we sometimes encounter, you know, the hardship, you know. But what worse can happen, you know? The worse, you can die, you may die, but that's good, you know. <laughs> like Paul <laughs> to says, To live you know, is Christ, to die is gain. Amen. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that God writes that in your heart, you know, when you start walking with him. It seems like the brothers and sisters that are finding Christ in Turkey, they immediately have just an incredible passion mm-hmm. to share with everyone around them. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. What is the what's the explanation for that? It's it's the I guess the nature of the are what we believe, you know. The same thing happened with Paul, you know, and Peter said the same thing. You you know, we cannot Stop sharing him, he said, right? That's the nature of what we believe. You know, God puts that in us. Like with Hakan, we started a church two and a half years ago in Istanbul. Just before I came here, we opened our third church. During this time, we baptized more than 80 people. 
Wow. Our second church is in Çorlu, which is two hours west of Istanbul, another city with 500,000 population. This church, church was the first church ever in that city. We started with few people. Now we have about 20 people. And I'm really proud of them. And they are really eager to share. You know, they, are, they keep reading, you know, the watching a Christian, you know, the movies and sermons. And they are ready to share. They carry little New Testaments with them, you know, the small booklets. Mm-hmm. When, when you set out to plant a church, so this is a city of 500,000 people. There is no church presence in the city. Mm-hmm. What's the process that you go through to start a church? I, I mean, how mm-hmm. do you begin mm-hmm. and start planting seeds and start laying the groundwork for that? There's a good example for that. Now we are, we've been visiting another city, which is two hours east of Istanbul. We, we got a few contacts from there. We went there to visit them. They had this calling in their heart. You know, somehow uh, they retain a New Testament and start reading and they... God really works, you know, do you see the, how, you know, the Holy Spirit works in their heart? Then you just answer their questions, you know, and then you pray with them and they, you invite them to your church. They come and over time they want to accept Christ, you know, and we have like five, six people right now over there. Just before I came, we had a brother we've been visiting for a year now, I guess. He's been really careful uh, sharing with his wife. She had a big heart for Islam. She wasn't a very practicing Muslim, but she was praying she came to our church, you know, she had a lot of questions. We answered all her questions. And just before I came here, she accepted Christ. You know, one thing she was that was bothering her when she comes to church, she couldn't take the Lord's Supper. <laughs> we don't allow the non-believers. Now she's, right? she, te- she texted me uh, and she at the end he says, I am ready to take the Lord's Supper. <laughs> Amen. The next step is to find a small, you know, the apartment. We did that with our third church in Istanbul. This is you know, this uh, the Gazi district, which is one of the most problematic districts in Istanbul, maybe in the whole country. Last year, one guy from that region was sharing uh, some stuff on Facebook saying that Christians can't answer his questions. And he was actually a very devout Muslim at first. Uh, over time, you know, he encountered some atheists in his workplace and they started debating and he started reading the Quran in Turkish and reading other books, and he became an atheist. And over time, he kind of leaned towards deism, you know, then started searching other religions, and he got a Bible for himself. He read through the whole Bible. He went several churches to find answers to his questions, and nobody really really good take care of him. One friend uh, from our church saw him, and he directed him to me, and I wrote him, and I sent him my book. You know, I wrote a book. I summarized all the main arguments that we do against atheists, and I included a, an article for the deists to seek the Lord. And I sent him that, and he read it, and he invited us to his apartment. When you get an invite like that, uh-huh. do, do, you, <laughs> do you check any way to make sure it's legitimate? I, I mean, because it seems like that would be very risky to just say, sure, we'll come to your apartment. Uh, yeah, we don't say yes to everyone, uh, but yeah, we look their Facebook page and we search a little bit. You know, if you talk over the phone and mm-hmm. we usually do the first meeting in a, you know, the public, public place. Yep. Yeah. We went to his apartment and we spent five hours answering his oh, questions. Wow. <laughs> nonstop, almost nonstop, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. He cut, he kind of uh, started receiving, you know, and 
after a few more meeting, meetings, you know, I saw him uh, walking to the faith. But on the phone, you know, before I invite him to the church, I told him, you know, I said, Sajid, this is not about uh, like a deciphering a book, you know, and trying to obey that book, you know, on your own. No, this is about a relationship with a living God, you know, and this book is just a tool for that. But uh, just, I told him, you know, just wait for a sign f- from the God. And he came to our church. That was his first time there. Uh, at the end of the sermon, I looked at Sajide. He couldn't sit still. And he raised his hand and he said, can I say something? I can say, sure. And he said, you know, all night long, I couldn't sleep. I've been thinking about something. And Bayram, Brother Bayram told me to wait for a sign from God. And you start talking about that subject, you know. <laughs> Did you prepare this beforehand? or? Your uh, sermon answered the question that I've been awake all night thinking about. Uh-huh. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Byram. He is a believer from Turkey. Byram, when you told your wife, I've come to faith in Christ, she immediately said, I'm going to divorce you. Do you tell new believers, do you coach them in, in how to tell their families or how to tell their wives or their husbands, mm. I'm not a Muslim anymore? Is is there a better way and a not as good way? Or how do you, how do you help them make mm. that transition and, and tell their families about their faith? I am not, I guess, so careful about that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> like this brother in Gebze, uh, he was very careful and... God gave him the wisdom how to react and how to take the, the you know the slow steps. Over time, you know, he gained his wife, but his wife was more open. She even she even came to church. You know, my wife belongs to a devout Muslim sect. Very peaceful though. But when it comes to Christians, Christianity. They want to keep their distance. Right. Uncompromising. Yeah. The exciting thing is new believers are on fire Mm -hmm. to share their faith, and they want to tell, man, I've just, I've had this amazing experience. I have met God. Mm -hmm. He spoke to me. Yes. So that excitement is is awesome, Uh but also there's that. You know, kind of fear of how is my family going to respond? Definitely. This is always in their subconscious, you know, what about my family? I seen a young guy crying in my car saying, you know, he wants to accept Christ, but his father would kill him. I seen other guys, you know, getting beaten up with a uh, iron stick. He almost lost his leg. You know, he was locked up in a room for several days. His mother somehow let him go and he went to the hospital and doctor told me he if he didn't come a little bit longer, he would lose his leg. So some pay higher prices. Just before I came here, this guy, uh, his name is Ibrahim. Uh, it's kind of Abraham uh, in Turkish. Uh, he's, uh, he's maybe 26 years old, uh, and he's doing his uh, master's degree in uh, psych- psychiatry. He grew up in a Muslim family, very devout, you know, that belongs to a certain sect of Islam. But he never really liked the, how they, you know, the revered the mullahs and stuff, you know. Anyways, and he's an educated person. He reads a lot. And he, somehow he saw this love in, within Christianity in the Bible. You know, that really attracted him. He started searching a little bit more. He came to our, you know, the live chat site, website, and ask, started asking questions. And they directed him to me. And we met, we usually, like I said, we meet in public. We meet in the malls. 
in that movie, we spent about an hour together. I gave him a few books. I love uh, C.S. Lewis' Mere Christianity, mm. you know. It's one of the one of the really strong books. And uh, it, is it it's available in, in Turkish? Turkish, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He keeps sharing with everyone around him. He keeps asking me, you know, texting me, where was this passage about love? You know, first John or <laughs> first Corinthians chapter thirteen. He's he's really amazed by it. And you know, you see the love of God is coming to him in his heart, you know, the slowly, but you know, the Holy Spirit really works in him. Then he he called me again. He wanted to meet again. We met we met at the same mall again just uh, before I came to US this time. We spent two hours together, you know, sharing, answering his questions. And he said he called his mother and he started talking about the love of God and Christianity. And she got a little upset and t- told him, you know, are you becoming a missionary, missionary or something, you know? He said, no, and it's not about that. You know, this is, wouldn't you do the same thing? He says, you know, if you had a lost father and you found him, wouldn't you grab him and introduce to others? You know, that really touched my heart. We, if you had a lost father and you found him, after many years, mm-hmm. you found your father. And his love. Uh, wouldn't you grab him and bring him home and show him to everyone you know? Yeah. Of course you would. Yes. How yeah. how hard is it for someone like that mm-hmm. who is coming to faith, mm-hmm. how hard is it for them to find a church, to find a body of believers that will mm-hmm. disciple them and train them and baptize them and encourage mm-hmm. them. Yes. Because you mentioned, I mean, a city of 500,000 that had no church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Istanbul, there are maybe 100 or more so church, but it's not enough. And they always have this fear, you know, to come to church. Mm-hmm. Like this guy also, I uh, invited a few times, but he says, I'm not ready to come to church yet. Because that's a kind of a public step or why are they why why is they, what's the source of that fear they don't know what they are going to encounter uh, you know they don't know what to expect yeah and uh, always you know the bad things about christianity about church you know and that plays a lot of role in their subconscious i try to tell them you know we worship in turkish you know it's very you know the nice place everybody but whoever comes in the church they love it right you know? then when they see that the once they overcome uh, the fear uh, yes, and actually come uh-huh. Yeah, we get all of you know the good feedbacks. You know that was really, we really appreciate it. The people how they love each other, how they, you know, close to each other. Um, the, the way that we worship, we pray, they love it. You know, and everything is in Turkish in their you know the mother tongue. Uh-huh. It's really important. Uh-huh. Um, Unlike Islam, where mm-hmm. it's in Arabic, which yeah, most we, Turks don't speak Arabic. Yeah, they don't understand what they are saying. Yeah. So, Brother Byram, as we kind of finish up our time together, I have one more question, and then I want to ask you about uh, how we can pray for Turkey. But you mentioned the love of Christ. Is that the thing that that tends to resonate most with Muslims, is, is the fact that Jesus loves you and he died for you because of that love? Is Or is there a different part of the gospel message that that tends to light up the heart of a Muslim or the mind of a Muslim. Mm-hmm. The second thing is the truth, love and the truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the truth. You know, that so affected me so much. You know, that's kind of keep me moving. Uh-huh. You know, I am the truth. You know, the God is the truth, the ultimate truth. And like I said, most people are diverting from Islam and going becoming atheist and deist. And the first thing you talk to them is what's the truth? 
are you seeking the truth you know are you really trying to find the truth about life about our existence about god you know why we are here where we are going what's the death you know and bible is so great it gives answers to all these questions and we try to you know pull them into this discussion so that we can show them the truth of course then the love of god you know god really loves us and that's why like that lady that i was telling you that wife you know that's what she realized and our, our during our last meeting in gebze she said you know till now i had love to god from a distance but now my love you know defaulted like thousand times when i realized that he died for us on the uh-huh. cross wow you know this is just you know seeing that it's like kind of priceless you know when you see the young guys feeling the first time the love of god in their heart you know that's priceless you know that worth everything losing everything risking everything yeah we're talking today on Voices of Martyrs Radio with Brother Byram. He is a Christian from the nation of Turkey. Byram, we always try to end by equipping our listeners to pray. Okay. There's lots going on in Turkey. Definitely. How can we pray for the country as a whole, but more importantly for the church, for our brothers and sisters who are there? Courage and encouragement. Of course, wisdom and protection. Especially, you know, Turkey is kind of changing. Countries getting more polarized politically. But God is in charge. We know that. And I always pray for Turkish church. And if you pray that God multiply us, you know, to grow us and protect us, I guess that would be the biggest prayer for us. We pray for our nation, our families. Um, I usually ask prayer for my daughter so we can reunite Yes. We've been separate for three years, and I don't know how she is growing up, you know, what she's been listening against me or about me, you know. So if you pray for that, that would be uh, excellent for me. Mm-hmm. We will. I, and I would encourage you. I, I join Byram in encouraging you. Pray for his daughter. Pray for your wife to Amen. have a softened heart Amen. Uh, that, that she will see and experience the love of God uh, in a way that changes her heart and changes her heart towards you. Uh, and for your daughter as well, and for the country. I I love the country of Turkey. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, I will take any excuse to visit uh, because it is such a beautiful place, and the people are so warm and welcoming. Uh, and as you've shared, God is doing amazing things in Turkey. Uh, a church that was 7,000 is now 10,000. Yeah. Uh, who knows, next year, 15,000, 20,000. Why not? Uh, mm-hmm. There is a hunger for the gospel among Turkey's people. And so uh, I want to encourage you, in addition to praying for our brother Byram, for his wife, for his daughter, pray for the church in Turkey, as he has mentioned, for encouragement, for courage, for boldness, for protection, uh, and that God will just continue to do these amazing things uh, as he reaches into the hearts of people in Turkey Brother Byram, thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for your ministry, for your courage, and we bless you uh, as you go back to Turkey, and we will pray thank for the you. work that God is doing there. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, giving me this opportunity, and praying over me and over my country, over my family. This is uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it's been our pleasure and our honor. I want to encourage you, if you're just now joining us, You can go to vomradio.net 
and you can hear this entire conversation again. I also want to encourage you, Byram mentioned Andrew Brunson. Andrew and Noreen Brunson have been our guests here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You can find their interviews as well as David Bile. We mentioned him earlier, one of those who has been kicked out of the country of Turkey. Uh, But we have an interview with him. He talks about the work that he does, uh, the work that God does through him in Turkey. So there is lots of information at vomradio.net, several conversations about what God is doing in Turkey. I hope you'll be back with us next week. Author John Weaver is going to join us. John has joined us before. You may remember the story of how John and his wife were married inside Afghanistan and used their marriage ceremony to share the gospel with their Muslim community there. John will be back next week to give us an update on what's going on in Afghanistan right now. You've probably heard about the recent peace agreement between the U.S. government and the Taliban, but what does that mean for Christians? We'll answer that question next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.